Here's a relationship lesson I learned uh, too late in life. In every moment you are with someone, you are either being attractive, repulsive, or neutral. I'm sure there are gray areas, but you are being one of those, attractive, repulsive, or neutral. And if you ask yourself the question, am I attracting or repulsing right now, you can probably avoid a lot of negative situations with someone you care about. It may just stop you from doing or saying something hurtful to someone you love. For example, asking my girlfriend if she would like breakfast, I believe, is attracting. I believe she would think, wow, that was very nice. It was a kind thing to do, to ask me if I want breakfast. It's attractive. But what is a repulsive gesture? Well, let's just say that I made breakfast for myself without saying a word to her. That might be repulsive. She might find that offensive. She might find that hurtful, selfish. She might find that uncaring. And so answering that question, is what I'm doing or saying repulsive or attractive right now? This may not be the way you'd word it, but I think it's something to remind yourself before you start certain conversations. I wish I had known this uh, many years ago. (laughs) I would have shown up as a lot better partner in my relationships, and um, I hope this helps you in yours. And this is one of the many lessons I teach over at HealedBeing.com for emotionally abusive people that want to change. Check it out if you're in that space, but either way, this lesson works for almost everyone. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you learn the skill set you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. Yes, I've changed the intro a bit for those who have been listening, and for those who haven't been listening, uh, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. I am so glad you're here, and I really want to get directly to the point. The point of today's episode is... Avoiding head games by being direct. I don't know about you, but I hate head games. In fact, I'm going to guess this about you. You hate head games. I believe you hate head games. What are head games? They are when there's information to be shared, but it's not being shared. For example, uh, let's just say you're dating. You're dating someone and they're not being quite as honest as they should. I mean, yes, we should be honest, but let's just say that they don't like your hair. Something minor, but maybe major to some people. They don't like your hair, and they don't want to say anything, and they're always avoiding the topic. And um, they might even cancel a few dates because they're so weirded out by your hair. Again, this may not be the best example, but let's just say this is the example. And so what they end up doing is they cancel, they sometimes don't reply to your texts or your calls, and you're thinking, what is going on? Why is this happening? Why aren't they just telling me what's going on? 
And uh, they have this thought that if they tell you, maybe you'll get angry with them, maybe you'll break up with them. Who knows what they want because they're not being direct. They're just hiding some information from you for whatever reason. There's a lot of reasons people don't say what's on their mind. Could be fear of confrontation, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, low self-worth, very insecure, all kinds of things that some of us carry around with us. And um, because we have some healing that we need to do, we show up in the world not being as direct as we could be. And so uh, your hair, (laughs) they don't like your hair or maybe lack of hair or maybe too much hair. I don't have a problem with anyone's hair the way it is. I'm just using that as an example. Um, Let's just say that they wanted to say something, but they knew if they said something, like I said, it would cause problems in their life because they don't have the best coping skills or whatever. So they're going to play head games. In this example, they're going to play head games. And the head games are leaving you in sort of a mysterious, enigmatic state. You're not sure where they are with things. And you can actually contribute to these head games inadvertently, unconsciously. You can actually contribute to these head games by going along with it, with whatever they're saying. So, so so-and-so cancels a date with you, and now you're left in the dark and you have no idea what's going on. What's going on? You're thinking to yourself, what is happening? And then you send a text is everything okay? And then they send a text back, oh yeah, everything's great. But why aren't we going out tonight? We planned this for two weeks. Everything's fine. I I just got a lot on my mind. And then you send another text back, okay, well, let me know if you want to talk about it. This might be a normal exchange with, quote, normal people. This can happen. We can have an exchange like this, you know, on text or phone or whatever, and we don't know where they are, even after a conversation like that. And some people don't get on the phone and just be direct. This is where I am. You know, let's let's just be direct. Let's just stop the head games. We don't do that sometimes because we don't want to assume the worst. We don't want to think that they are being aloof on purpose. They're trying to avoid us. We don't want to think that because we want to think the best of people. You know, sometimes (laughs) we want to think the best of people. And so we give them the benefit of the doubt. And so this is where we can contribute to the head games by giving people the benefit of the doubt, by by letting them uh, be in what appears to be the space they need to be in, which is a good thing. We want to let people be in that space if they need to be in it. But when they leave you in the dark, I think it's okay to start asking more direct questions. And this does have a little bit to do with your gut instinct. Like something doesn't feel right. It also has to do with the facts. Like uh, we had a date tonight and suddenly we don't. What's going on? And also how you feel. What is your emotional space? Is this a trend? Has this happened before? Is this the first time? I always look at trends. I think trends are the most important indicator of what's going to happen tomorrow. So if the trend has been, well, they've been kind of 
you know, flippant about this, or they haven't been so serious about, you know, going on a date, or they haven't been uh, calling me as much as they used to, and they haven't been replying to texts as much as they used to. There's all kinds of things going on, so I have this feeling. I have this uh, feeling of maybe neglect, but um, it'll probably be deeper than that. It feels alone, like I'm being abandoned. You know, this might affect your insecurities and your fear of abandonment if you have that. But certainly, when head games are present, any old traumas that you haven't healed from or any dysfunctions that you're carrying around will be affected. And what I mean by that is if you have a tendency to people please because you always want to know that the other person likes you, then that will be affected because if they don't like you and you're doing all this people pleasing, you're suddenly affected. I'm not trying to put all the blame on you here. I'm just saying these head games have a tendency to pull out what we need to work on in ourselves. Somebody plays a head game with you by not being direct, not telling you their truth, then uh, it's going to affect you in ways that help you understand what you need to work on, where you need to heal. And of course, it's going to help you understand that maybe this person that you're dealing with isn't being upfront with you and maybe isn't right for you, you know, in a romantic setting, or if it's a friend or coworker, maybe they're not a good person to associate with because they are purposefully avoiding being direct or they are misguiding you or deceiving you or lying to you or outright betraying you. So this is really all about those three things, you know, the facts and your instinct and um, the last thing I said, <laughs> I forget. Um, oh yeah, you, how you feel, your emotional space and the trend. So we look at all the things that have happened up to this point and Everything that has happened leads up to our emotional space about what has happened and how do we feel about that. And uh, that gives us all these indicators that we need to be more direct. What is direct? That means in this example, you reach out and say, look, what's going on? We were getting along great. We were communicating a lot and we were laughing a lot. And now you seem different. What's going on? That's pretty direct. But I don't want to drive them away. Because that's what happens. We have these thoughts. But if I say something like that, they're going to think I'm mean or aggressive. Okay, you know, they, they could. But wow, if you're getting along with somebody and then you are direct and you're asking a question that shows that you care and shows that you want this connection, how is that mean? How does it mean to ask a question like, what's going on? You know, things were going great. We were laughing and now things are different. I feel it. I know you do too because our exchanges are different. The energy is different. It feels different with you. And of course, what are the facts? The facts that are we are communicating every night and then suddenly we're communicating every third night. What's, you know, what's that about? And if they say, well, yeah, I know I've been, you know, working on stuff and I've been busy and things have been settling down. This is what happens is they'll, they'll start, you know, the people that play head games, they'll start making these excuses and maybe they're truth. You know, maybe it's all true. They're, you know, I've been busy before and maybe it's all true. Maybe what they're saying is all true. 
But um, in like a dating situation where there is romance that's building and things like that, it's supposed to grow. It's supposed to get stronger. And you usually don't hit the settle down point until like you're living together. <laughs> you, know, you get to that point where finally, hey, we have all of each other's time now. Now we can settle down a bit. That feels better because we're together and it's more secure, more committed. We have stronger bond, you know, a stronger bond together. So what ends up happening is that in the dating example, uh, the feeling should kind of persist, the, the good feelings. And if it shifts out of that after a few weeks or maybe even a couple months, now we're looking at something that uh, needs to be talked about, needs to be more direct. And one thing that happens uh, is that the person that is the recipient of the head games, of the indirect person, will sometimes feel like if they say anything, they're going to lose a good thing. And if you think along those lines, you might end up doing behaviors that continue to facilitate the head games. Because you don't want to lose a good thing, so you try not to do anything that um, affects the situation. But I'm here to say it doesn't get better when you do that. It doesn't get better. What I was saying earlier is when you think you're going to be, or what you're going to say is going to be aggressive or mean, it's not. It's just direct. It's assertive. And assertiveness is a good quality to have to find out what's going on. It saves you, it saves you a lot of heartache. It saves you a lot of time. I mean, the heartache may still be there when you find out some truth that you don't want to hear, but it saves you a, a lot of time and energy. And it's better to know and maybe be hurt right away instead of not knowing and staying confused and staying at this low level state of stress and anxiety the whole time until you find out the truth. And the problem is you may never find out the truth. We all know what ghosting is. It's when you are getting to know someone or dating someone and maybe there's some head games, maybe not, maybe everything's going great and then suddenly they disappear. They stop responding and you can't get a hold of them. That's just sad that that happens. It's so mean. That's a mean thing to do. Just to disappear from someone's life when they've invested emotionally. They've invested their heart into the connection with you and or whoever ghosted them. They, they invested their heart into that connection and now the person ghosts them. And now where, what do you do with that energy that you've been putting into it? It's like all this forward momentum has been going in that direction and then somebody is not there anymore. There's no recipient for that energy and it, it feels like uh, unfinished business. That you have no closure. And now it's this mystery in your mind. So I'm not a fan of ghosting. I, I'm a fan of being direct. You know, if you're thinking about ghosting someone, how about just say, look, it's not working out. I, I don't want to lead you on anymore. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm so sorry. You're a great person, but uh, this isn't going to work for me. It's still mysterious. Like you're not giving them the real example. Like I don't like your hair or I don't like your haircut or I don't like the color. Whatever it is. But even if they didn't tell you that truth, which 
they don't have to. You don't have to tell the truth all the time that it might offend someone. I think I would rather be broken up with and somebody say, it's not working out, I just don't feel the chemistry, I don't feel the connection, than have them say, uh, you're too short for me, or you're too tall for me, or you're just not strong enough, I don't like your body. What? <laughs> I mean, this is something I may not be able to change overnight, and uh, maybe it won't ever change. This is my body, this is what I was born with. So it is possible that you know somebody might have that thought, and uh, I probably wouldn't want to hear that truth. I would rather hear... Uh, there's just no chemistry. I'm not feeling it. Because technically, that's yeah, that's a technical truth. If they don't like my body, then maybe the chemicals aren't there. So it's technically a truth. But you, you get what I'm saying is that I'd rather have somebody not ghost me and be direct than play any type of head games. And so this episode, today's episode, or today's lesson is about head games and uh, pretty much how to avoid them. And I think it's a simple process to avoid head games just by asking direct questions. But you know, as well as I do, when you ask more direct questions, it does come with a risk. It comes at the risk of um, the connection you have with the person that you're asking questions to. The risk, however, in my opinion, is worth it. It is totally worth it because when you're dealing with a romantic situation, if someone is in it just as much as you are in it, you're committed to the relationship, you want it to continue, and they dig you and you dig them, then asking an assertive question, something direct, is going to hit the target in a good way. If my girlfriend suddenly said, hey, you know, you haven't been paying attention to me, what's going on? boy, I would make sure that she got the answer. Oh my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. I have been busy and I have I realized I haven't been paying attention to you and I'm so glad you brought it up because I didn't even think about it until now. I didn't even think about it until you just mentioned it. I feel so awful. I'm so sorry. I will definitely make up for that. That is not the way I want you to feel. I mean, I just went there real time. If I was not paying attention to her and she noticed it and she was affected by it and she had to bring it up, then as someone who loves her and wants her to be happy and wants to have a long-term relationship with her, I'm not going to be upset that she asked that question. I'll be upset at myself, but I'm not going to be upset with her. I'm going to realize, wow, I'm not showing up in the way that she needs me. That, that hurts me. I know it hurts her, but it hurts me that uh, she would even have to ask that question. And it also tells me how much she digs being with me. It tells me how much she cares about me and how much she wants my love and connection. So a direct question from her regarding uh, what's going on that maybe hasn't been discussed because it, it finally showed up inside her mind and body somehow. She felt it. She thought it. She saw the signs. She just asked directly, what's going on? You've been unattentive lately. You've not been connecting with me. You've not been looking into my eyes. You know, where are you? I would love my girlfriend to be that direct. And I hate to say this, but I actually had to teach her some of that. <laughs> not as a coach, not as a coach, but as a boyfriend. Because when we first 
started dating, um, she had a lot of trouble being direct. I don't think she was playing head games, but she didn't want to upset me. And I'm not upsettable. It's not like I'm, I can just go off the handle, but she just didn't want to hurt my feelings. So she wouldn't say things. And sometimes a month or two would go by, and uh, this is probably before I was even very good at being direct, but I was more direct than her, that's for sure, because I finally said, what is going on? I walk in the door. You don't even look at me. Um, when you kiss me, it's like on the side of the mouth. I mean, where are you? What's going on? And so um, those kinds of direct questions, they changed everything. I asked her those direct questions at the risk of knowing that she could be upset by them. I mean, I didn't know she would be upset. I didn't think she would be upset because I just thought this is the kind of stuff we need to talk about because if it continues, uh, we're not going to be happy. I know I won't be happy. It just won't feel like a connection. It won't feel like loving and caring and supporting each other. So I need to bring it up. I want to have a relationship that has love and care and support and all those wonderful things about a relationship. So when she was acting this way, I finally got it through my head that something is going on. This just can't be her personality. That's what I thought at first. Oh, it's just her personality. And I was giving her the benefit of the doubt. But this wasn't how it was for the last few months. Again, this was near the beginning of our relationship. The last few months were great. We were connecting. It was romantic and wonderful. And I understand, of course, there's a honeymoon period and then a settling down period. But she's just like turned off. (laughs) She was a different person. And so that's why I had to not confront it, but be direct, be assertive. And, of course, loving in a loving way. Hey, where have you been? You don't look at me. What's going on? What's in your head? And um, I've told this before on the show, but I finally asked her that. And she said, well, you know, like two months ago when we had that talk about money. And I said, this is what this is about. (laughs) This is why you're being this way. She goes, well, I'm still upset with you. I said, oh, well, okay. This is good to know. (laughs) This is something we need to talk about. And she said, well, I didn't want to upset you. I don't want to make you feel bad. I know you're, you know, going through some stuff. And I don't know what she said. And I said, no, let's talk about this. This is exactly what we need to talk about because I would rather have you be angry with me or yell at me or something than ignore me and neglect me. I would rather have you be direct and she said, what? You you would? I mean, that sounds like it's mean. That sounds like I would be mean. I said, I would rather have you be mean to me in this short moment so we can get it out in the open, put it on the table, than hold back and ignore and neglect me because I feel unloved. I feel like I'm alone and I hate that feeling and I don't want to feel that. So let's just talk about this stuff. And so I said, you know, in the future, whenever you're upset with me, let me know. I mean, of course, you have to think about it and process it. That might take you a day or two. That's fine. But don't let it fester. Don't let it continue without being addressed. And she asked me the question, are you sure? (laughs) I said, yes, I'm sure. Absolutely. She goes, okay. 
<laughs> like she was afraid to do it just in case this was a fluke and I was just acting nicely the first time. But a couple, no, maybe a few months later, she got upset about something else. And um, she she approached me and she said, you know how you said that it was okay for me to be direct with you and I, you'd rather just have me be angry with you than hold it in? And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> Do you have something to ask me? Do you have something to share? What's going on? And she said, well, you know, yesterday when you said whatever it was, X, Y, Z, I said, yeah. She goes, well, that really made me upset. And I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, let's talk about that. And we had a conversation about it. And immediately it was resolved. We talked about it. We met in the middle somewhere, and we got past it. It was resolvable. I'm not saying everything is resolvable right away, but it's better than head games. It's better than wondering where your partner is or the person that you're talking to is. Where are they? Just ask them. Where are you? What's going on? problem is a lot of people will avoid a question like that. They'll avoid answering it. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. I'm fine. I don't want to deal with it. I'm fine. And when they take you in that direction, you want to bring them back. You want to get specifics. You want to get more details. doesn't mean they have to tell you everything, but you do have to bring them to a place that gets them out of uh, this redirect, what I would consider a redirect. If they say, I'm fine, everything's good, then you bring them back. So, well, no, everything doesn't feel good. Everything is not good because this is what's been happening. Even if you can't explain what's been happening, you can say it feels different. You've been different since, you know, six months ago, since two weeks ago, whenever it was. Things are different now, hopefully not six months. This is why you have to talk about this sooner than later. You bring up this stuff. It's not fine because this is what's happening. I know this can be tough sometimes because in a new relationship, you don't want to lose the new relationship or any relationship, really. Some people are conflict-averse and they don't want to face the other person and ask direct questions. But if you don't want to play the head games, this is what you have to do is you, you have to ask direct questions. And like I've already said, one of the easiest ways to uh, be direct is just to ask, what's going on? Even with that inflection, even with that very approachable way I asked that question, what's going on? You know, something has changed. I know it has. What's on your mind? Because what are head games? They, they are the thoughts that are in our mind that we're not expressing, and we're doing everything we can so we don't say them directly. And again, there could be a number of reasons you don't express something directly. Let's avoid the head games by being direct. Now, this doesn't mean being mean. doesn't mean you have to um, show up and be aggressive. But assertiveness is important. And assertiveness can be done with love. Assertiveness can be done by, um, this is kind of how I talk about honoring people while honoring yourself. You are loving someone while honoring yourself. An example of that is by saying, hey, would you mind not doing that? It really hurts me when you do that. Or it feels disrespectful when you do that. That's a lot different than saying, you better back off, you son of a, you know what? Because I am angry, and if you do it again, I'm going to take you out. 
It's a lot different. It is loving someone, honoring them, respecting them, and doing that at the same time of uh, honoring yourself because it's a nice balanced way to go and it also gives the other person a chance to how I like to look at it is that it empowers them to make the right choice so if they are disrespecting you if they're mistreating you you can say something that empowers them to help them make the right choice and that something that you say is honoring yourself while showing love for them and um, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> sometimes you have to honor yourself while being more assertive toward them. And then sometimes that still doesn't work. Do you have to get aggressive? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to take that choice away. Sometimes you do have to be even more assertive. But sometimes I don't even like to go to aggression. I just like to provide accountability. If you don't stop, this will happen. That's not aggressive. It's just a matter of fact. If you don't stop doing that, this is the next thing that's going to happen because of that. That's the cause and effect of this equation right now. If you don't stop, I am going to do this. That could mean leave, that could mean walk away, that could mean hang up, that could mean quit, whatever it is. But you show people the line. This is my line. Because you don't want to play these head games. You don't want to be in this indirect conversation where you never learn enough to know what's going on. And that's tough because I know there's a lot of people listening now that are or have been in situations where they didn't know what was going on and they didn't know how to approach it, especially when the other person is uh, very hard to read and very hard to get a straight answer from. But even that should probably be a boundary of yours. If you can't get a straight answer from someone and you know something's not right, something doesn't feel right, the facts don't add up, and you had this gut instinct about it, then you should request or demand a straight answer. And the way I like to do that is to just say, let's put it on the table. Let's put everything on the table. Let's be honest. Let's just put it out there because clearly something's going on. So these are all the types of approaches that I like to take when it comes to avoiding playing head games with anyone and just getting to the answers or at least as close to the answers you can get. This doesn't work when somebody ghosts you and you can't reach them, obviously, because you can't talk to them, but before the ghosting starts, when we're talking about dating or relationships, or before the tension grows or the stress gets more stressful, you want to get the answers you can instead of just being in the dark. And that's really what it's all about, is the head games leave you in the dark they leave you confused. They make you feel like um, there's something wrong, but the other person says there isn't. So there's a, a cognitive dissonance that can go on sometimes. Sometimes you're left confused. I talk about stuff like this over at loveandabuse.com with manipulative relationships. There's a lot of um, gaslighting people, crazy makers that will do things or say things that make the other person feel confused and not know what reality is. I'm not talking about necessarily emotionally abusive relationships. I'm just talking about normal conversations 
that we all get into. I believe in being direct when it's time. And so I'm, I'm hoping that conveying this to you keeps you out of the head games. Because you don't want to be in that space. It's, it's a bad feeling. I don't have to tell you that. I know you know that. It's a bad feeling. Because you're asking yourself, what's going on? I just can't figure this person out. And then you're talking to your best friend. And you say, I just, it doesn't feel right. And I tried this and I asked this. And I'm not getting a straight answer. Or they give me answers and it still doesn't make me feel better. I have a low toleration point for that. If I'm not getting straight answers, my toleration point is very low. And I think what ends up happening is, as I was saying earlier, we give people the benefit of the doubt and we keep doing it and we keep doing it even though it doesn't feel right. So we have to listen to those feelings. We have to listen to that intuition and we have to look at the facts and the trend and make sure that we are not bypassing something inside of us. Because as soon as you bypass something that you believe needs to be addressed, you raise your level of toleration. And that toleration is for any type of manipulation or game or even just white lies or withholdings of truth. If you are more and more tolerant of that, it gets worse and worse typically. Maybe this will help you not get into that space. Or maybe if you're in that space now, for example, let's just say that you've been with somebody for months or years, whether it's romantic or just a friend or family, and there's always like a level of tension. There's always like a level of stress or a low level, a low level uh, anxiety when you're with this person and you can't figure out why. There's something that I did in um, when I was married. I was always awkward. I always felt awkward with my wife, especially when it came to intimacy. And I finally said one night, I said, you know, I don't know why, but I feel so awkward. And she asked me some questions and she asked the question, well, what do you want? What do you think about? What do you want to do? What do you, you know, I'm not going to get into details, but <laughs> she said, let's be clear here. Let's put it on the table. Because maybe what I wanted to do, maybe how I felt wasn't being expressed. Maybe I felt uh, like we weren't compatible. What if I said that? What would have happened if I said that? Maybe our marriage would have ended. So if, if I don't want to say that, then I'm going to make something up. That might be what I would have done back then. But I just felt awkward and I expressed that. And after I expressed it, it was on the table. We could talk about it. We got through it and we were able to get past it. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't bring it up. So even saying something like, it just feels strange, it feels awkward, or every time we meet, I feel like I can't be as expressive as I want to be or need to be. And then find out if they feel the same way. Most of the time they do. Most of the time you're going to find out, yeah, I felt that too, or I feel that too. So when they feel that too, but nobody says anything, then whatever relationship is continues. You know, however you are showing up and however they are showing up continues. It's like my friend Matt. I, I told him once, you know, it was really awkward that um, handshake that we just did. <laughs> it was just a simple handshake. It turned into a hug, and I felt weird about it. And it was so minor. It was no big deal. 
But I texted him later and I said, hey, I just want to share this with you. It was really awkward because uh, I, I don't know. It was I felt I went in for the handshake and you went for the hug and it was silly. I shouldn't feel so I shouldn't feel awkward about this. But he said, no, I'm so glad you shared that because it was a little awkward. And it it felt great just to let that off my chest instead of having it on my mind the whole time. And that's just a minor example. You don't have to do any of this. But um, it gives you an idea that when you are able to talk about this stuff and put it on the table, then it doesn't, um, it doesn't carry over to the next conversation, to the next meeting, to the next whatever. So today's episode is inspired by a few clients and uh, a few conversations I've seen on Facebook and the Facebook groups and uh, what they went through, what they're going through, and also from some of the messages I've received for Love and Abuse and my other podcast. And um, I really want to help get you to the point where awkwardness, stress, anxiety levels don't continue in a situation that they don't need to continue. And I hope that uh, what I shared today will help you get to that point. And also, I'm going to remind you, when you feel it, when it's in your gut, and when you see the facts and you look at the trend, and it just doesn't add up to what I call full congruence, it doesn't line up like things are just out of place or out of whack or you feel weird about it, you might have to bring it up. This does come at a risk, of course, because what if the other person doesn't feel that way at all? That could be. And if that person cares about you, they're going to want to clear it up. They're going to want to hear what you have to say and make sure that you're cool and everything's good because they care about you. If, if my girlfriend said, you know, every time we talk about this subject, I feel a little strange. I'll feel a little awkward. I might even feel a little judged. And if she said that to me, I have multiple ways to respond to it, but uh, for the people listening now, you might hear one of two ways. Uh, the response might be somebody who's angry, I'm not judging you. <laughs> or the response might be, oh my God, you feel that way? I'm so sorry, I don't mean to come across that way. I'll give you one guess what's going to lead to a productive conversation. I think I'd rather have the the latter than the former response. I think I'd rather have somebody say, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to come across that way. Uh, you know, tell me when I do that. I want to know when I do that so I don't hurt you because I love you. I care about you." Whereas the former, that's an aggressive response, and maybe it's defensive. Maybe it's uh, old trauma that they haven't healed from. Maybe it's a number of things, but hopefully they'll get into a space eventually where they say, okay, you know, I, I don't mean to do that. Let's talk about it. But we have to be careful. The people that don't, that don't want to talk about it, they're not going to be helpful. They're not going to make the relationship better. They're only going to make it worse or at least not as enjoyable because if you can't talk to someone about something, then you can't be close to them. You can't feel safe around them. You can't feel trusting around them you're going to feel a little bit more distance from them. You're going to close up a little bit emotionally. You're going to start uh, protecting your heart so it's not hurt by their defensiveness or aggression. That's a, another show for another day. Um, I've talked about that many times, but I hope what I've talked about today helps you when it comes to any type of communication challenge and making sure that you don't allow it to continue. You try to get this stuff out of your system and you try to talk about this stuff so it doesn't 
continue and you can get on with life <laughs> you can get on with connecting with each other and relating to each other and just being kind and caring and supportive and generous toward each other i hope this is helpful thank you for joining me today and thanks for listening to another episode of the overwhelmed brain i'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our financial backers this week, the patrons of the week, I like to call them, Andrea, Leela, Christy, Walter, Deborah, Vanessa, Veronica, Holly, Adriana, Chelsea, Robert, and Allison. These are the members of the patron program, and or at least some of them, and I like to thank different ones every week, and thank you for your patronage. They found value in the show, and so they decided to give back. And I am grateful. Thank you so much. And if you would like to give back, you can head over to moretob.com and you have an option to, to do that. And um, again, thank you, patrons. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I am grateful. And I'm going to read a couple of back pats here. <laughs> these are reviews that I saw on iTunes. I'm just going to go ahead and read these. It says, uh, who wrote this? Detailed Rose. Detailed Rose wrote, I've been listening to your podcast for over a month now, and you're definitely one of my favorites. I love the common sense approach that you use. I mostly love your soothing but strong voice. <laughs> it reminds me a little of John Tesh. Uh, I actually listened to him just because I saw your review to find out if I actually sounded like John Tesh. Um, do I? Do I sound like John Tesh? Uh, it's a compliment, I hope. And I appreciate, this person goes on, I appreciate all the time and transparency you have shown to your audience. I relate to a lot of your upbringing experiences and trauma. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's because I experienced a lot of your same story. I'm learning a lot about uh, myself and how others have treated me. I've got a long way to go, but I thank you. I recommend your show to many people. Thank you, Detailed Rose. I am grateful for you. I'm so sorry that you experienced what I went through when you were a kid, uh, or at least something similar, but I hope your past has helped you become wiser about the present and wiser about certain people and certain behaviors, because that's certainly, you know, if you're going to have a traumatic past, you got to make it a benefit. you got to make it something that works for you today. Didn't work back then, but it can work for you today. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your review. I appreciate you. And this next review says, Paul, a million thank yous. Exactly what I needed to hear as an emotional abuser. I'm holding myself accountable and ready to change for the better and for myself. I've been listening to you for the past three weeks and have made great progress. My journey is barely beginning. Give me a little heart. That is an amazing message. I am so glad that you are getting something from the show and you're probably listening to my other show, Love and Abuse. And if you haven't checked out healedbeing.com if you are, are wanting something more something more detailed something more specific that uh, will really help guide you through this and out of this healedbeing.com is where I help emotionally abusive people become caring and kind and supportive and compassionate and all the stuff that is good for relationships because I can relate to you. I was in that space. I was hurtful to my partners in the past. And to heal from that 
it not only relieves the people you care about, but it relieves you. It relieves the person being hurtful, being abusive, because it is a burden to carry around. Believe me, it is a burden. It's not worse than their burden, of course, but I'm just saying it is a heavy burden to always feel the need to control or change people. That's who I was. That's at least a portion of who I was. And uh, I had to heal from that because I was losing every single relationship in my life. It was just not going well. And I wanted a relationship. And after my marriage ended, I decided that's it. I have to change. Something has to change and it has to be me. I realized I am the common denominator for all my relationship issues. This has to stop. I've got to figure it out. And that was my journey. That was my quest, my challenge, and my healing. And uh, ever since then, it's been so much lighter, so much better. You know, life itself has been so much better. Even when I was single, life was better. Thinking about not having to change or control someone else, just let them be. That's what I started doing, just letting them be. So thank you so much, you Kashika or Equashika. I am so glad, that's their iTunes handle, I'm so glad that you shared that and that you're getting something from the show. I appreciate you. Finally, this last person wrote, I found the perfect podcast at the most crucial time for me. I just found it today and I can't stop listening. I never related to so many episodes in a podcast ever, and he really is just amazing. I love his approach, and if you're a stressor-outer about relationships with others and get paranoid about your approach in relationships, this is so for you, too. I am so excited to continue listening. Thank you, Biddy12345. I think Biddy12344 was taken. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for that amazing review. You are amazing, and I'm going to tell you again in a minute, but thank you for sharing that, taking the time to do that. I do want to end the show with one more comment about head games, and that is uh, the less you are afraid to walk away or lose something, the more power you have. And In fact, I wrote this on my screen just a few minutes ago. I said, don't be afraid to walk away. But I think it's more powerful to uh, think in terms of the more okay you are with loss and the more okay you are with walking away from something, the more you get to be yourself, the more you get to honor yourself, the more you can be direct without fear. You can be assertive without fear when you're not afraid to walk away from something. I think sometimes we get afraid of losing something that we like or love that we don't stand up for ourselves, we don't honor ourselves, and uh, we end up getting things that we don't want. We end up getting people doing behaviors that we don't want, all because we're afraid that we're going to lose something that we want. And you become so much more powerful when you decide that you're not going to be afraid of losing something. You're not going to be afraid of experiencing the loss of something you might want. I'm not saying that you have to do this. I'm just saying the more you are okay with losing what you want, the more empowered you become inside yourself. And the more empowered you are, the more likely you're going to honor yourself. You're going to stand up for yourself. You're going to stop people from playing head games. For example, somebody is 
being aloof, someone is being very distant, and you notice it, and it's new behavior, what you might say is, look, things have been different for like three weeks now. What's going on? They say nothing. Everything's fine. I've just been busy. But you still feel it in your gut. You feel like there's something else off here. You know, you've been busy before and we hung out then and now you don't want to hang out anymore. You don't call me back. What's happening? Just tell me the truth. Let's put it on the table. Let's get this out in the open. Let's just talk about this. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. There's, I'm just going through a lot right now. Let's talk about that. Bring it out in the open. Come on, let's not play these games. I don't, I don't want to play these games. Let's just be honest with each other. Let's be direct. And then hopefully they're direct. But I say this with confidence knowing that what they say to me could be, I don't want to be around you anymore. I don't want to connect with you anymore. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be your lover. I don't want to be your husband, your wife. They may say that. This is kind of a risky gesture, but... Boy, I would rather deal with some hard truth that I can just learn to figure out, you know, heal from it, go for, go on from there, than have to hold on to something that's eating away at me. Like, I don't know what's happening, so I need to know. I don't want this unfinished business. I don't want to carry it around with me anymore. Let's talk about this. And so hopefully they will. But it does involve uh, some courage you, you have to get to that place where you're okay with loss that doesn't mean you're going to lose in fact the more assertive I am and the more direct I am the stronger my bonds have gotten I don't remember any time where I lost a bond except maybe my stepfather and he's so toxic I don't even mind losing that bond I was very direct with him but my direct comment to him was uh you're not welcome. <laughs> so that's a different type of directness. If I wanted to keep the bond with him, I would have said, what's going on with you? Why are you being like this? But I didn't care to, so I didn't go down that road. With him, I was okay with loss. And some people, you're not going to feel okay with loss. Some people, you're not going to want to do this with. But don't tolerate the head games at least get to the point where you're asking questions and you're being direct and you're asking them to be direct. And I like to use uh, what I call buffers or softeners. The, the softener might be, I know you might feel a certain way, but I want you to know it's okay to tell me. So the softener is something that you say ahead of time to soften the blow of what might be a hard conversation. Look, I know things haven't been the same since this and I'm okay with that it's okay I understand that you're going through a lot and we've been through a lot but I just want to let you know it's it's okay I, I get it and if you feel differently now just tell me it's okay I'm old enough to handle it I'm mature enough to handle it we can talk about this it's okay sometimes you have to have a softener like that or even just some logic it's okay we can talk about this we're adults that's logical we're adults. Let's just talk about this. But there's so many people that are conflict averse and they don't like confrontation. They don't want to deal with the drama because somebody might get upset. And so we aren't truthful. And we need to be. We need to be more truthful. We need to be more direct. 
even at the risk of losing something, losing a relationship, losing a job, losing a marriage. And I'm not giving you this for advice. I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm just saying the more you are okay with loss, the more power you have, the more empowered decisions you can make, and the more empowered steps you can take for yourself. So maybe this will help you in some area of life that you need it. Or maybe you're not going to try any of it because you don't want to lose what you got. And I I get it. No judgment from me here. I absolutely get it. Sometimes you have to be ready to do this stuff. And sometimes you have to time it. Like, I'm not ready to know the answer yet. So I'm not going to go there. That's okay. Absolutely. I'm all for that. Do it at your pace. Ask when you're ready to accept the loss just in case. That doesn't mean there's going to be loss. In my life when I've done this, like I've said, it's always strengthened bonds. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time. It may not happen for you. But what I've learned is that the bonds that don't strengthen with more direct communication probably aren't the ones that are strong enough in the first place to survive that. And if you can't survive honest and directness, I don't know if that's what you want in a relationship, any type of relationship. I'm sure it's not what you want in a relationship, but if it is, then, yeah, you might want to hold back. (laughs) You might not want to say anything, but then we get into the head game space, don't we? I hope this episode has been helpful. Thank you for joining me, and just remember, always keep an open mind, because that's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure and above all. And this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.